Right, this morning um, I'm going to continue, continue on on the subject of healing. Actually, I thought it would just be one message, but anyway, this is up, we're into the third message now, and part three, and I've entitled it, you know, Healing Streams, Healing Streams. And, you know, as a church, as a church, God has given, you know, to Mount Zion Church, he's given you know, many promises and many prophetic words have, have come forth, you know, in, in past years. And, you know, one of, the, one of the promises that God's given to the church was that, you know, there would be streams, streams of healing, healing streams, which would flow, you know, from here and go down the hill and would flow out to the valley. In fact, and one of the prophecies I think we had just about three weeks ago, three Sunday mornings ago, Sister Elizabeth prophesied. And, and the words of that prophetic were just about three weeks ago was Mount Zion Church would be known in the valley as the healing church. All right, so let's turn to Isaiah 35. Isaiah 35 and... Isaiah is a precious, precious book. It's a mini Bible, and I've been teaching it at the at CMI during the last last uh, last week. And you know, when you've got to study a book in order to teach it, you you sort of get into it in a fresh way. And I'm not sure about the students, but at least I've been I've been blessed and ministered to by the Lord. And and uh, really encouraged through this the wonderful prophecy in Isaiah. Isaiah is the prophet's prophet. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing thing. I mean, God shows him what's gonna, what happens right from right from the time of creation, and then many prophecies about the time in which he was living, and then he prophesies about the, the the birth of Jesus and the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, and then he prophesies about the the death and resurrection of Jesus. I mean, it's incredible. And he prophesies about the revival in the last days. And then he prophesies about the millennium. And then he even speaks about the new heaven and the new earth after that. I mean, and, you know, no other God can declare something and then, and then has the power to bring that thing to pass in the future. But, but we see the word of God is... is is unique. There's no other book like it. And no other book has ever been written which is like the Word of God. And Isaiah is like a it's like a mini Bible. The 66 chapters in the Bible, the 66 chapters in Isaiah. There's two main parts of the of the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament. There's two main parts in Isaiah. Chapter 1 to 39, it is judgment, but mainly judgment. But then part the New Testament of Isaiah from chapter 40 to 66, it speaks of, of hope and consolation and comfort and about Jesus, the servant, the servant Jesus and Jesus the deliverer. And so it's, it's, a, it's an incredible book. But one of the promises there, it speaks, it speaks of healing. And in Isaiah 35, verses 5 and 6, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The, deaf will, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Then shall the lame man leap as a heart, 
and the tongue of the dumb sing. Those who can't talk will be able to talk. Those who can't walk will be able to walk. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Streams in the desert. Now, one of the, the, the um, things about prophecy is often prophecy has there's a, there's a, there's a fulfillment in the, immediate, in the immediate time of the prophecy. Like a, a prophecy is given for the time period a person is living in. What's going to happen in the immediate future? And, but also, with many prophecies, there is a, there's an immediate fulfillment, but there is also a far off of, there is a far off fulfillment. And so there's many prophecies that prophesy about the immediate situation and in Isaiah that Isaiah was going through and relating to the Assyrian Empire, relating to the Babylonian Empire, prophecies are given. But many of these prophecies also have a fulfillment afar off. And for example, that it speaks in the Old Testament. At the time of King Sennacherib, Jerusalem was surrounded. And it was if Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, was going to wipe out Jerusalem. But then an angel came. One angel. The angel of the Lord. And 185,000, 185,000 Syrians were destroyed just by one angel. But that prophecy, there's a fulfillment in the distant, in the distant as well. So there's immediate and there's a, and there's a distant fulfillment. Just like these glasses of mine, they're progressive lenses. So if, I, if I'm reading my Bible, I read through the bottom part of those lenses, and it's the near, and you know, I, I can see close up, things close up. But if I look at the top part of those lenses, then I can see things afar off. I can see you at the back. And so they're progressive. There's a near and there's a far. To read close up, to look far off. And the, some of the prophecies are like that. What's going on at the time? Prophecies about that, but that will have a future fulfillment. And Jerusalem was sur surrounded in the time of Sennacherib. God did a miracle, and they were all killed. And in the last days, just prior to the second coming of Jesus on the Mount of Olives, Jerusalem will be surrounded again by all the Arab armies. But at that at precise time, Jesus will come again and his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. Now, prophecies that, often prophecies, which prophecies of blessing, which apply to Israel in the millennium. Now, the millennium, that means the 1,000 years reign of Christ. And he'll reign, his capital city will be Jerusalem. It'll be the 1,000 years reign of Christ, um, Christ will reign. He'll be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in Jerusalem for a thousand years immediately after the second coming. And, and, but there's a, often prophecies concerning, um, concerning Israel in the millennium are fulfilled by the church, the true church in the last days. And the last day church will, will know the, the power of God to heal as never before. And this Isaiah 35 
It's speaking about Israel in the, in, in the millennium. But it's all, and where the, where the blind will see and the deaf ears will be opened and the, and the lame will, 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 will leap as the heart and the tongue of the d- dumb will sing. Yes, it's speaking about the millennium, but it's also speaking about the church in the last days and the last day revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which is going to be character. One of the things that will characterize that revival will be streams of healing. There'll be a flow of life. There'll be a flow of healing. Healing will be very commonplace. And uh, the last day church will know the power of God to heal as never before. And the land itself will spring to life for the desert places of Israel will have springs of water. And it's even happening now. I mean, when Israel became a nation, 1948, I mean, a lot of it was desert. But even now, even now, we haven't even come to the millennium. They're turning that desert. That desert is beginning to bloom. And they're getting, just with a small amount of water, they're inventing different ways of being very productive in the land, all kinds of machinery to, to, to make the land most productive. And even now, even now, uh, Israel, just a small country, there's only you know, seven or eight million in the country, but, but yet it's, the, it's, it's number five in the world of uh, fruit, exporting fruit all over the world. I mean, it's just amazing. And it's, in the millennium, it's gonna, the desert will fully... Fully, uh, fully blossom and streams in the in the wilderness, and so you know healing is going to be very common in the millennium. But in the last day revival, healing will be will be will be will be very very common, and and the the hand and the blessing of God will 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 be upon His people, and there'll be great healing signs, wonders, miracles. There was a touch of these healing streams in the, in the outpouring of the Spirit here in America, in Los Angeles, in a street called Azusa Street, which I've driven across and dri- we've driven by, Azusa Street. And there was a move of God there, and it was headed up by a black man. His name was William Seymour. He had one eye, and he was a mighty man of prayer. He wasn't very well educated, but he was a mighty man of prayer. Hours and hours of prayer every, every day. And there were the, these meetings in a warehouse. It was an old warehouse, just a stable, old, you know, very old, very old warehouse. warehouse. But they had such miracles of healing. And even the Shekinah glory came in the revival. And that was from April, to, April 1906 to November 1909, over 100 years ago. But the glory of God inhabited this, this, this old warehouse and stable for three and a half years. And missing link, some people, they had no arm. And the glory of God, the presence of God came. And then people would see bones just shoot out. And then flesh would cover them, and then skin would cover the flesh, and and you know an arm, and, and, and then a hand, and then fingers and thumb. I mean, incredible, mind-boggling miracles happened. Eyeballs filled empty sockets, and the blind, many blind saw. Cancerous growths 
Many people had cancer. The growth just fell off and lives were restored as the Shekinah glory filled the building. The word Shekinah, it's, it's a term used for the glory of God. It's not actually mentioned in the Bible, but the rabbinical teachings say that the meaning is God tents here or God tabernacles here. God dwells here. And in Exodus 31, we remember with the children of Israel, and the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud. There was the cloud, the pillar of cloud. They followed the cloud, representing God, representing the presence of God. And it led them by the way. And by night, that turned into a pillar of fire. And it gave them warmth in the desert at night. And the cloud gave them protection from the hot sun in the, in the, the heat of, of, the, of, the, of the wilderness, of the desert. And so by night, it turned into a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And we see when Moses went up to get the Ten Commandments and the tabernacle of Moses, then in Exodus chapter 24, the glory of God came upon Mount Sinai and a cloud covered it was a cloud, a Shekinah cloud, the cloud of glory. It covered it six days. And the seventh day he called Moses out of the cloud, out of the midst of the cloud. 17. And the sight of the, of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mountain. So the fire, the top of Mount Sinai, was burning with fire, like devouring fire on the top of Mount Sinai, in the eyes of the children of Israel. And we know in the dedication of Solomon's temple, the priests who were there for the dedication, they could not stand by reason of the cloud. 2 Chronicles 5 and verse 14, the priests were not able to minister because of the, the glory cloud or the Shekinah glory for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And that glory dwelled within the walls of the Azusa Street Mission in that warehouse for three and a half years. And sometimes it even hovered around the outside of the building. And on certain nights, on certain nights, flames could be, flames, fire could be seen going from the top of the building and it would go up into the sky above the building, and people on the road could view it, could see it. And on certain nights, flames would be seen shooting up from the rooftop of the mission, converging with flames from the sky into the mission. And there was this, this sister, uh, this young, young person, her name was Carney, Sister Carney. She was, seven, she was 17 years old at the time. That was in 1906, and she remembers the, the, the fire department coming because of a call that the building was on fire. Now, it was not literal fire. It was the spiritual fire of God. And so when the fire trucks arrived, there was no evidence of, you know, of fire you know, in the building. But fire was literally coming down from heaven, and it was going up from the building and you know, meeting above the building. And there was another young person, his name was David, David Garcia, 
he was a Mexican-American, and he was praying for a little Hispanic girl. She was only six years old, and she was blind. Her eyes were blind, and she, they looked like a scary gray color. And her parents told David she started going blind when she was two years, and she was completely blind by four years old. And, you know, God used, God used even the young people there. And so David, guess he was, just, he was just a youth. And he prayed for her. He just laid hands on her. He prayed for her. And immediately, she was immediately able, able to see. And when she opened her eyes, the gray color was gone. And it was replaced by beautiful black eyes. She'd been instantly healed. And the girl started dancing and celebrating, screaming the name of Jesus while her parents tried to keep up with her. And so, you know, the cloud of God's glory came. Glory came. And that's why we emphasize worship a lot. Because when we, when we worship God, when we worship God in purity, with clean hands and a pure heart, when we worship God in the beauty of holiness, it prepares a way for the presence of God to come. It prepares the way for his glory to be manifest. And that's why worship is, is so important. And what an incredible revelation that woman at the well had, that God seeks those to worship him, to worship him in spirit and in truth. The children of Israel, you know, there was, there was healing there. And in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, God, there were conditions. And God said, if you obey me, if you follow my commandments, if you keep my testimonies, if you do this, one, two, three, four, then I will put none of the diseases that I put on the Egyptians. And God put many plagues on the Egyptians. God put them there because of their rebellion and their idolatry. And the judgment came. And God, God said, to the children of Israel, if you obey me and walk in my ways, I will not put those things on you. And he, and he, and he revealed himself, a new name, Jehovah, a, a redemptive name of God, Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord, your healer, Exodus 15, 26. And God is revealing his name. What, what, what he, he, he is the healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. In Exodus 23, 25, it says, you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. In other words, God, we serve the Lord. We put God first in our life. There's a promise. God will provide for us, just like God provided for the children of Israel. And God provided for them every day. Manna came down from heaven. And on the Sabbath day, they were not to go and get it, but there was two days, two days portion. On this, for the Sabbath day. And so, you know, God provided supernaturally for them for 40 years. And God, he wants to provide for us. He wants us to know that he is our source. He is our source. And it's another name. God who provides. Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides our needs. And in the same verse, verse 25, he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. So as they served the Lord, God promised to provide for them and take sickness from their midst. In Psalm 105 and verse 37, speaking about the children of Israel, 
And it says, God brought them forth with silver and gold. When they left Egypt, they spoiled the Egyptians and the Egyptians, they gave them gold and silver and jewels and precious things. And there was abundance. And there was, and then it says in the same verse, and there was not one feeble person among them. Can you imagine that? Probably nearly there were six six hundred thousand men for war, above twenty, and that could go to war up to fifty-five, up to up to fifty. 600,000, so probably, counting wives and kids, maybe somewhere around 3 million people. And it says, not one of them was sickly. Not one was feeble. Not even one. Imagine that. A certain state in America of 3 million people. And not a single hospital, not a single person sick. Well, that's what it was like for 40 years in the wilderness. And, you know, Jehovah, Jehovah uh, Rapha, he is the healer. Psalm 107, verse 20, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And one thing relating to healing, often we talk about pressing into God. And there's been, you know, several prophecies recently about, you know, where to press in, Press into God in prayer and press into God, you know, for revival, praying and continuing to pray. And the thought of, you know, not just, it's not just something casual, but with all our being, we're pressing into God, seeking God, praying, crying out to God for revival and to birth something. Now, in the same way, often, and, and some of the ways of healing, I mean, God's ways are not our ways. And... Some, of the, some ways are difficult to understand, to comprehend. But we do see a truth in the Gospels and other parts of the Word of God that often God, where there was a pressing in regarding healing, often God rewarded that and that people were healed and are pressing in. In Isaiah chapter 62, in verses 6 and 7, Isaiah 62, it speaks there of reminding God of his promises. And he says, I've set watchmen upon, upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day or night. Ye shall make mention of the Lord. Keep not silence. In other words, don't be silent. Keep, keep knocking on the door of heaven. Keep requesting. Keep asking. Give God no, and it says, give God no rest. In other words, give God no rest until he come and answers until he comes and heals, till he established, till he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So there's a thought there of pressing into God, of reminding God of his promises. And we can, we can I mean, he's promised Jehovah Rapha. That's his name. And we can remind him, remind the Lord of his healing promises. You know, some people, they don't receive healing from the Lord because they don't even ask. You know, Jesus said, ask, and it shall be given unto you. And, and that means ask and don't give up. Keep pressing in. Ask and keep on asking, and you shall receive. And James 4 and verse 2, it tells us, you have not, you don't receive. Why? Because you don't ask. You have not because you ask not. And so there is a, 
there, there is a truth in healing of pressing in, pressing in, asking, not giving up, keeping on us answering, asking. And, you know, it's the same when we're asking for prayer or asking for the presence of God. But as the presence of God increases, as we worship God in the beauty of holiness, the presence of God will increase. And as the presence of God increases and it gets stronger and stronger, you know, God's glory will be revealed. God's power will be manifest in greater ways, in increasing ways. And it will open the way for those healing streams to flow. One woman, a well-known story of Jesus is the, the woman who touched the hem of the garment of Jesus. And she reached out. She just touched the edge of his garment. And she was made whole. And, and it's recorded in Mark. It's recorded in Matthew. It's recorded in Luke. But in Mark's account, we read that she'd had this issue of blood. She'd been hemorrhaging 12 years. And she spent everything she had on doctors. And it got worse instead of getting better. She was a pathetic figure. She suffered physically. She suffered emotionally. She would have been unclean. She would have had to live outside the camp. She suffered mentally. And she suffered spiritually. She was not, would not have been allowed to go into the synagogue. She was dead, but, and she was 12 years. It's gone on. She was weak. She was sick. She was not getting better. It was getting worse, in fact. But she was absolutely desperate. And not only that, she was determined. There was a determination in her heart. And when Jesus came by, people were rushing. Everybody was trying to get close to him. Many needs were there. A big crowd was there. People were pushing and shoving. But somehow, this little lady was determined. There was a pressing in. Somehow, she would find her way to get close to Jesus. And she knew in her mind, if only I could touch just the edge of his garment, I'll be healed. There was a pressing in, and there was faith in her heart. And somehow, she mantled to Josh. Joshua, to, to, to jostle and to push your way through some maybe little gaps and people and get past some other people and actually get to where Jesus was and to reach out. And as she reached out, instantly, she, she was healed. She felt it. She knew. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? And the disciples rebuked Jesus and said, well, Lord, don't you know many people are around you? There were many people around Jesus. Many people. But we, only one, only one in this case, only one in this case was healed. And that was the lady who pressed in. And that was the lady, that, that lady who pressed in in faith. In spite of, spite of the crowd, she touched his garment. Mark 5, verse 27. And Jesus, he knew that dunamis had gone out of him. And the word for he knew that, 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 virt, that virtue had gone out of him. And the word for virtue is a Greek word, dunamis, which means power. In other words, Jesus knew that power had gone out of him. And so he asked, who touched me? And so she, 
was in trembling. She went up and she told him. And Jesus replied to her daughter, you know, what an affectionate, affectionate term. Your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. And the Greek word for whole is sozo. It means to be healed, to be delivered, to be, be, be forgiven, to be saved. An all-inclusive word. Many were needy in that crowd, but only one who pressed in. And that was that woman. And she was wonderfully healed. And her pressing in and her faith triggered the flow of God's power. I know we've prayed before, but I just want to have an, give another opportunity for those who would like prayer. Um, time's getting on a bit, so if you need to go, that's fine. So if you just, you just leave quietly. But those who would like prayer for healing, um, you're welcome to come to the altar and we'll pray again and anoint with oil. So, yeah, let's, let's stand, shall we?